Good morning, Urban Village Church. My name is Drew Jones, and I have the joy and privilege of serving as one of your student pastors. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Won't you join me in prayer? Creator God, thank you for being the true source of wisdom. Thank you for calling us to faith, for planting your word in our hearts, and for allowing us to be your hands and feet in the world. Thank you for giving me the ability to teach the word. I sometimes feel so inadequate to deliver something so precious, so priceless. Thank you for seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. Be gracious unto us as we dive into your gospel and help us to see your word proclaimed, not only in the stories we read, but in our lives. Empower us to live and embody the gospel in Jesus' name, amen. So a couple of weeks ago, student pastor Sam talked to us about the dangers of using a binary view of light and darkness and how if we did that, that we might miss out on the treasures that we find in darkness. Last week, student pastor Lesia uh, wowed us with the sermon about how darkness can be nurturing and when we come through that nurturing process, I want to talk to you about God's promises that lie on the other side. We are introduced to Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 15 today. And it talks about the story of the Magi. They're also known as the three kings. Uh, for those of you who might be fans of RuPaul's Drag Race, you may have seen the, the parody video, We Three Queens. Um, but we all know the story, right? The, the three wise men, um, they may have been philosophers. They may have been kings. They travel, they journey through the darkness and they follow the star to come upon Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. They follow the star and when it stopped, they arrived in Bethlehem and they said, wow, wow, wow. They kneeled down and they worshiped the king of kings. That was their journey. Their journey was focused on worship, but it still happened in the darkness. What I find interesting is that this short passage not only talks about the journey of the three wise men, but it also addresses a new journey for Mary, Joseph, and Jesus after giving birth to Jesus, Mary and Jesus are asleep and an angel comes to Joseph and says, I need y'all to get up out of here. You got to go. Herod is looking for you all. And so after already traveling to Bethlehem to deliver Jesus in a small little shack, they're then called into another journey through the cover of night. And I find it interesting that God sent the angel to give the message to Joseph, because as we know, the nativity story really isn't focused on Joseph. Joseph is Jesus' uh, adopted dad, if you will. And those who know a little bit about my story know that I just recently adopted three handsome young men. And so this story reaches my spirit because a lot of times, when God calls us to work, 
It's when we get very little credit. Think about the people who work the night shift in factories or the Amazon drivers who deliver the big boxes that we end up getting in the middle of the day. They're traveling through the night. They're working. But who gets the credit? The person that brings it and drops it off at our door always gets the thanks, right? I think about the three wise men and the gifts that they chose. They carried these gifts through their journey. And there was a sense of anticipation that there would be some pride attached to the gifts that they would bring Jesus. When I think about the dark times in my life, when I think about moments of um, solace, I wonder how difficult it might be for me to find gifts, to find treasures. Think about it for a minute. Take just a couple seconds and just think about the things in your life that are dark, that bring you peace or that bring you comfort. They can be physical or they can be spiritual. For me, I like running at night. I enjoy running along the lakefront in the evening hours because it's cooler. And, you know, this glistening um, that you all see on here can turn into a profuse uh, sweat if I'm not careful. I also enjoy taking my kids to the movies in the evening. What other good things do you find in the darkness? I'm thinking about this year and how we've been um, faced with challenges that we've never seen before. Being a teacher, having all of my kids home for virtual instruction, remote learning, the financial problems that people have faced in this time. The essential workers who have to spend not only their regular work shifts away from their family and friends, but when they get off of work because of fear of exposing their loved ones to the coronavirus, they choose to isolate themselves in their free time as well. Listen to God's promises to us in the darkness. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always. While we are in the season of Advent, I want to encourage you to not just think about darkness as struggle or as on your way. Think about the treasures that truly do lie in the darkness. And I promise you, God's promises are what we can find in the darkness if we look for them. I did a Google search for the word dark and I found lots of goody goods. Dark matter coffee, the dark night, dark chocolate, dark brown hair dye, dark circle remover. But I'm gonna let y'all have that one because don't nobody like, you know, little dark circles around their eyes. But there's so many different ways we can interpret darkness. But I, today I wanna focus on two things. I wanna look at the three wise men and I wanna look at Joseph, Mary, and Jesus's journey through the cover of night. I truly do believe that the goal for the Magi 
was to worship Christ. They weren't just thinking about astrology. They weren't just um, occupying their space as royalty or as um, uh, extravagant creatures. Their goal was to worship. And I don't know about you, but I love going to church at night. Anytime there is a midnight musical, you're going to find Drew there. Growing up in my church of record, we mostly had worship at night. We went to Sabbath school in the morning, but around about six o'clock, seven o'clock, we were on our way to church. And it's something about worshiping in the evening hours, telling God, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for looking after my family. Thank you for keeping me on my job. There's something about worshiping God in the darkness that brings a, a, a closeness. There's an old song that came out and a mother sang. She said she had to go on into her closet because there was too many distractions out in the world, too many distractions in her home. But when she went to her closet to pray. That's where she found her healing. That's when she heard the voice of God. And so I want to issue you today. Sometimes you got to go in your closet to pray. Sometimes you got to go in your bathroom. Sometimes you have to cut out the noise. I see a lot of my friends, especially from UVC, they take sabbaticals from social media. And I definitely am one of those people who recognizes that when you want to experience God's voice, sometimes you have to go where it's dark. And as I was working on this word, I was reminded by someone who I love dearly that God's promises in the darkness and the treasures we find in the darkness are not exclusive. They're not just for those who call themselves Christians, they're not just for the magisterium. They're for everybody. Just like we say the table is open at Urban Village, it's for everybody. God's promises are for everybody. Maybe somebody's listening today for the first time. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you don't speak in tongues or dance around the aisles. Maybe you've experienced church hurt. And maybe all this talk about treasures in the darkness doesn't connect to you because all you've experienced is hurt in the darkness. God's promises are for you as well. God's healing is for you as well. So I want to encourage you that when it's dark outside, press into it. Be obedient. And maybe even find a spirit of thanksgiving. The worship team saying earlier, thank you. It could have been me outdoors with no food, no clothes, or just alone without a friend, or just another number with a tragic end. But you didn't see fit to let none of those things be. And I love that use of a double negative because it makes you really think about it. It focuses you in on it. You didn't see fit to let none of these things be God. 
Every day by your power, you keep blessing me. And so we're knee deep in the spirit of Advent. We've got our Christmas trees up. We've got some presents wrapped. We've got plans to either stay home or to travel. But what happens after the gifts are given? What happens after the celebrations are had and the Zoom Christmas happy hours are over? There's some work to be done. What happens after the birth? And so I'm reminded about the angel sending Joseph and Mary and Jesus back into the darkness again and saying, Herod's looking for you. I need you to get out of here because this is my king. This is, this is Jesus and he's got some work to do. And so Joseph, the adopted, the adopted dad, he wakes them up and says, let's go y'all in the cover of night. What work do you have to do in the darkness? What's next for you? What's coming in 2021? We've made it through a tumultuous political season. Probably the roughest election in the history of our country. What's next? Just because the election is over doesn't mean the work is done. Just because we've begun to have dialogues about whose life matters. Just because we're seeing women of color break the glass ceiling doesn't mean that the work is through. What work is God calling you to in the darkness? What treasures still lie unopened in your spiritual chest? I'm praying for you. I'm praying for those especially who find trouble seeing joy in the Advent season. My deceased brother's birthday is December 16th. And for the first half of my life, I spent the beginning of December finding ways to celebrate him. And we would shop and we would have his birthday party and things like that. And after 2003, uh, cancer sucks. Cancer sucks. But after 2003, December had a whole new meaning for our family. It was filled with grief and wondering what ifs. And some people say that everything happens for a reason. And I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's what God is saying to me about my grief, about my trauma, about my struggle to own the darkness. But I do believe that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who are called according to God's promises and God's purpose and God's treasure. So as you move throughout this week, as you move throughout Advent, I want you to think about those who need your treasures, who are looking for your gifts. Where can you serve? Where can you take your experience 
and weave it with the Holy Spirit to bring joy to someone else's journey. You are loved. And if you need to be reminded of that, I invite you to our blue Christmas service. It'll be on December 17th at 7 p.m. And it's a space where we recognize that sometimes it is hard to find the treasure in the darkness. And when it's hard, we remind each other that we are not alone. Let us pray. God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for being our mother and our father. We thank you for showing us your gifts for us and also showing us our gifts to your people. Continue to move through us and live through us. For those who feel marginalized, for those who don't feel a sense of community, for those who don't think that they are good enough to be, call, to be called part of your family. Touch them in a special way, God. Let your spirit rest, rule, and abide. And we'll be forever careful to give your name the praise. Amen.